All right. It's tent pole hump day here on Ship Chasing's FFPC Playoff Challenge Week. This is an event we are excited for, a tradition that I believe, you know, truly began for the first time last year. But it is Boomer Opto Night here. It is a fundamental part of any sharp player's process as they build lineups for this contest. And there's no one else that could do this episode with us other than our Rotoviz brethren, Blair, Andrews, and Hassan. How are we doing, guys? Doing great. Living the dream, man. Hassan, <laughs> I mean, how how hard at work have you have you been on this this optimizer? Getting the model up and running. I heard you got a new CPU just to handle all the kind of processing needed for this. Yeah, we and we went out and we back tested, recalibrated like pretty much every every little uh, you know little little algo that we got running here. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, boots on the ground serving at the Golden Corral, the Sizzler, the Ponderosa. <laughs> You've been doing market research with your pen and paper out there. Oh, you know it, man. Had to hire some unpaid interns. Um, you know, we, we the, the whole nine yards, man. As I see, picture Hassan like hiding behind something at the Cracker Barrel. Like, did someone just say Zeke? Uh, I think they did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Blair, what have you been doing here preparing for FFPC Playoff Week? I know you have a, a fresh article up on Rotoviz today as well. I do. I have an article up. I've been I've been running some models in the screener, trying to get some ideas, um, trying to figure out these boomers. There you go, uh, Ben Gradge, Pat Corain. I always come back to about a hundred messages. In our uh, group chat here, you guys are deep in the weeds. How's it going? It's going I good. Just woke up from, I just woke up from a nap, and I came back to 100, and now I'm like itching to read that. But it's actually like I'm pretty stoked when I have a way. Ben, I, some of and those I were for you. I, I, I <laughs> there was, uh, Ben is, <laughs> is doing a bit where like I'll tell the story of a bracket, and Ben's like, oh, it's story time. I'm going to curl up with a blanket. Well, you put me to – I, I told you I curled up with my warm blanket on your last story time. I, you put me to sleep, man. I took a nap. And, it was yeah, wow. It wasn't even – I thought it was a I'm bit. T- I'm actually turning into my George McCaskey bit. So I <laughs> I, uh, I actually wrote a story for you that has chapters. So you can – you can curl up with a good book tonight. Right. I, I know. I was see Ben. Ben is a completist with the group chat where he'll go back and he'll start and he'll read every word. And I'm just like, it's lost to the sands of time. <laughs> like, <laughs> sounds like you guys had fun back there, but I, I, it's like that meme that's like, you know, I'm happy for you or I'm sorry, but <laughs> right. I'm not reading that. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, we're also you know building strategy for the playoff contest, so I kind of want to make sure that I'm. But Pat's oh, writing like full leg bedtime story novels. <laughs> like, in here. what is this new bit, Pat? You're telling stories about uh, the play. I told scenarios? the story. So there's one bracket that I thought was really fun. Uh, that's like a Cincinnati bracket. And so I was like telling the story, like they come out flat the first game, but then they get pushed at the end and they get there. And then there's a whole, every matchup. And you're going to like it a lot. I'm excited. Don't you remember, like Pete, last year how we were all talking about how Pat's the best at telling these, these letting this bracket, the bracket tell a story, and he. Just Let me know if there's any money in this. That's what I need to figure it's out. An incredible, <laughs> incredible skill he has, though. Yeah. Uh, from what I can tell, there's money in it if we get first. Everything else, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let let's first start though with uh. With Pat and Ben here, any, you know, I feel like, you know, we're checking in, you know, every 24 hours. I mean, it's been almost, you know, 
28 hours since we last did FFPC content. Can you imagine? Uh, any any new thought thoughts forming the the deeper you go down the rabbit hole here? Well, I've just been trying to tweak the ownership on stuff and kind of seeing. I've been listening to. I mean, I, first of all, I didn't know Daigle was also doing five shows this week, <laughs> but it's just in every other show, he did an NBC <laughs> one. He's on the, on with the Goat District, so I watched both of those. Uh, I, if there's any other content on it, let me. Oh, ETR did a podcast that kind of touched on some of it, um, so I listened to that. So I'm trying to listen to any content. I know FTN had a good article on the the tournament, so you could you guys can check that out. But any content that I can see. I'm trying to I'm trying to absorb just so I get a sense of like where other people are. I know Blair had an article on it. It was very good. Um because I, yeah, I think that's gonna be a key part of getting the ownership dialed in correctly. And it is interesting this year. One of the things jumping out to me is that I've had to adjust. I I when I first ran it, I had tight end like way higher than I thought made sense given the way people have played this historically. And then I lowered it, and now I have it higher than when I initially ran it just because I am starting to get the sense that people are going to be comfortable playing on average, like close to two tight ends. Some people might play three. Most people won't. Some people will just play one, but I think on app, you're going to see a lot of two tight end lineups this year, just because of the the nature of the, the player field, I think. Yeah. Uh, Blair, what were some of the takeaways from, from your article? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of relied on uh, Pat's spreadsheet for a lot of my ideas, so they're not going to be too too novel if you've been following what what he's been doing. But um, I think there are obviously some pretty, you know, some pretty clear chalk and some pretty obvious ways to get leverage, even though they are not necessarily comfortable. But um, that's kind of what we have got to balance. Gretch, do you have any scenarios that you are like now that you've been looking at all the different playoff scenarios? What do you, what do you think are some of the most fun ones that could play out? Well, as I was going to say, I was going to say, uh, you know, I, I mean, yeah, there's definitely some fun ones. Pat, Pat is the one that needs to just tell us all some stories. You guys can see how great he is at this <laughs> in a minute. But I was going to say one of the big things we're getting to now that we're on to show three of our you know five week gauntlet that we decided to, to line up. We're, we're right in the middle of the week, right? And we're starting to get to that part where Pete, during, you know, normal DFS weeks, you'll send out the tweet where you're like the, you know, the contrarian thing that's no longer contrarian. I mean, nobody – I keep seeing San Fran over Dallas, right? They have the closest line. Everyone is picking that. Nobody is – you're not contrarian because you picked that. You're not contrarian because you picked the Bengals through Tennessee to the conference championship. Like, that is ev- – those are everyone's favorite upset picks in every bracket you see. And then – to have not just like the favorites playing each other, it's pick your, you know, your favorite uh, NFC team, whether it's like the Rams or the Cardinals or the Niners going all the way, or maybe if you do have Dallas winning Dallas going all the way. But like, I I'm seeing a lot of like KC and the Rams or KC and the Cardinals in, in the Super Bowl uh, with, you know, a Niners upset and with the, the Bengals into the conference championship. And it's like, Oh, look, you know, I didn't pick a chalk bracket, except that's now the chalk contrarian bracket. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Contrarian. And it's, it's, it's a yeah, very it's, fun bracket though. So I get it. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe we should just, we should just start to, to dive in here. I, I do feel like this year is different in that every year, it seems like there's more content around the challenge than the year before. And it did feel like we were flying a little blind in previous years 
with some of these trying to gauge the sentiment stuff. And it does feel like this year we could have players or teams or whatever that get steam in some way or another that the field is getting confident on. And that's why I do think it's smart that Pat is hawking all this uh, content to try to see where the, uh, the tea leaves are, are pointing on some of this. What do you it's guys also think? It's just to- good content. Uh, Daigle had the guys who won the, uh, the 100 K from the, the, the second chance contest uh, a couple years ago, Connor Allen, Joe Piano. Yeah. Did they, and what, oh, wow. what was that? Did they have any insights like macro insights about the contest that were interesting? Yeah, they were talking, they're kind of like figure out your conviction plays. And uh, their big conviction play that year was Raheem Mostert, who obviously mm. that, you know, he just went absolutely nuts against Green Bay, I think. And I think they also had Delvin Cook. So they're they're kind of like figuring out those those pivots um, kind of right off the bat and, and making big stands that way. That was the that year Mostert went for like 300 yards, right, against against uh, against Green Bay. They just trampled them. Yeah. Yeah. Think, yeah. A bunch of touchdowns just went off. And Dalvin yeah. and Dalvin, they like, just put up massive numbers in the losing effort. Yeah, because he destroyed the Saints. I remember that. So what do you what do you think, Hassan? Should we do you think for revealing the boomer opto, um, revealing it by team, like starting with the boomer fades and soft fades, or should we go by position? What do you think is more dramatic? Um, whichever way you guys decide to go about it, I'm I'm, I'm totally ambivalent. I will say Pat has has also been doing a lot of the, the work here. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know if anyone if anyone knew this, but when I was taking out the cracker barrel, there was another guy out there, like in the gift shop, and it was Pat, just like <laughs> checking checking people out. And he's got a really good. He's, he got a really good culture as well. Uh, I think he just checked out with Najee Harris. <laughs> um, I kind of like the idea of going backwards. So we start with the two teams that the Boomers are going to hard fade. We'll work to soft fades and then work backwards to finish with with quarterback. What do we yeah. think? Sounds great. All right, Hassan, tell me who the two teams that the Boomers don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole are. Yeah, this, this, and these two are like pretty easy. It's uh, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers on the AFC side, and it's the uh, Philadelphia Eagles on the NFC side, right? Um, I don't know if you guys caught this today, but, uh, but Ben Roethlisberger made a note that they had no chance to win. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy who's mentally checked out. He basically is saying that the, you know that they've got no chance. They're going to go into Arrowhead, give it their all. But I think I think the Steelers know that this is where their story is is going to end. Um, so I would expect uh, you know people who are reverse or not are not being uh, creative about this being a potential shootout would essentially be like this is a pretty solid hard fade for us to have. Um, you know, just no reason to burn burn a player or a, any player on a on a. Um, Ben Roethlisberger led offense on the way out. And with the Eagles, on the other hand, you know, you've got a fairly wonky offense that's fairly run heavy. And Miles Sanders is kind of banged up. You really can't swallow the idea of putting in a quarterback because Mo might lose or any of the other guys, uh, you know, if, unless you're playing Dallas Goddard. So I can see that as an easy hard fade as well here. My Did sources are a little that? bit different. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my boomers are telling me that, uh, that yes, the Eagles, but that New England is actually the other hard fade. New England is the other hard fade. That is a really interesting yeah. one. I thought so you were going to say something else. Uh, so hearing... Pat, make make the case on uh, for the Patriots over. You said over the Eagles. Patriots over the Eagles. Uh, no, over the uh, Steelers. Okay. The Eagles will be a hard fade, but the Steelers, 
uh, will be played in the, the Boomer Opto because way more fun to play a Steeler. You've got a couple different options. You can play Najee Harris, who's going to be like the 105. Get him in the lineup. Play for play for a nice uh, bunch of checkdowns. Uh, is just talking about how much fun they're going to have out there. Get Najee involved. Also, Deontay Johnson should get some ownership. And the Patriots are just no fun to play. And we'll get to it later, but I think the quarterback selection is going to make it pretty appealing to fade New England. So uh, that, just just no fun to no fun to play New England. I I kind of I agree with that take because the things that people get excited about on the Patriots is one the running game and two the defense, and they don't want to play a running game in a negative game script that they project them to lose, and they don't want to play a defense against a high scoring offense. So to me, I I can see people kind of scratching the Patriots off. Are you okay with this this tweak, Hassan? I think I think it makes complete sense. Um, I I I guess it, I was just thinking of it from from the perspective of that like Kansas City tends to limit a lot of offensive performances. Uh, but yeah, I can see people like just sort of doing exactly what Pat said, like shoving in Deontay Johnson or Najee Harris, just getting getting wild with it. Yeah. Um. All right. Hassan, now let's get to the the soft fades here, uh, kicker and defense. And I realize you might have to, you know, adjust a little bit from your initial draft after Pat kind of bullied you with his Patriots take here. No, I mean, well, we could do, we really do two. Can I'm we kidding. do uh, yeah. warring boomeraptos? I mean, we could we could kind of have two two forks in the road here or whatever. Let's uh, good you know what? I, this is what I, we're gonna do. Yeah, so we we're gonna have to choose your own. Uh, yeah, we're gonna start with Hassan's, and then we can we can start to tweak. I want the I want okay. the pure raw uncut Hassan right yeah, now. Yeah, do it, do it. <laughs> um, so so on this side, so my the, the, the two software that I was able to get was the Patriots DST, um, and 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 Daniel Carson, right? Like think about the last time the Pats and the Bills met up this season. It was it was actually a win for the Pats in in Buffalo. Yes, it was the greatest win game of all time, but it was you know I mean. This is expected to be very, very cold this weekend. Uh, I mean, we know cold doesn't really matter. We, we we want the wind, but at the same time, if the if the path for New England to win this game is through their defense and through the running game, right? Um, with the defense, you kind of hedge a little bit. Josh Allen has been a little inconsistent. He's thrown a handful of picks here and there. So why not get a little bit or whatever you can out of your out of your defensive pick here and, and burn them. Daniel Carson, that's an easy one. The Oakland Raiders showed absolutely no fight against the Bengals the first time around. Um, this game total is uh, 49.5. Kind of probably will wind up a little bit lower than, than, than people expect going down. Um, why not just like, you know, burn burn a Raiders skill player, especially one like Carson who's expected to catch or at least play most of the most of the you know game. And they, there's probably going to be a lot of field goal kicking here going on. Pat, uh, what, what do your boomers say? My boomers very much like the Daniel Carlson play. I don't know if you know Hassan, but they just won a game uh, that many thought were going to be a tie, but instead they, they had to let Carlson kick another field goal. He made it super clutch. The boomers love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that is the perfect thing because people want to play the Bengals. People are excited to play the Bengals. I think <clears throat> if the Raiders were favorites, people would be way more excited about playing Josh Jacobs. Um but yeah. because everyone's projecting them to lose, it's kind of the Damian Harris were healthy. Thing. True, if Waller yep. were healthy. But there's just not enough from Jacobs, Waller, and Renfro to kind of separate. And so people are just like, let's just use Daniel, the GOAT Carlson at kicker. Fun stat on Carlson. 
they've won, the Raiders have 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 gone five and five since their week eight bye. They've won four in a row. I believe four of their five wins were on final play. Daniel Carlson field goals. Yep, I just confirmed that. Two were in regulation. Two were in overtime. Four of their five wins since week eight have been uh, last second game winners. Last the funny thing about that is it's like just a terrible outcome if you select Carlson oh, yeah. and he wins with a game winner. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> you don't want it. Um, are there any other uh, Pat? Who did you have at defense then? If you had Patriots as a hard fade. Let's let let's let Hassan go through the rest, and then I'll, I'll show you where my tweaks are. Okay. Sure. Um, just going through the, the, the flexes, starting from the top. Uh, so this is going to be – so what's interesting here, at least from, from, from this perspective, is the running back's kind of mid, but there's actually a lot of viable pass catches here. Uh, so you're going to see the, the, the most popular uh, tight end play that I've got here from the Cardinals is Zach Ertz, right? Like that is just like your pure, raw, uncut – um, you don't really want to mess around a little bit with Christian Kirk. You don't really want to mess around with AJ Green. Uh, this is if this is expected to be in an L for the cards, then you want Zach Ertz. The guy is getting a lot of those shallow route dump off targets. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but it's 1.5 points for each reception for a tight end in FFPC. Oh. Well, it changes you know? everything. It, it really, it it really <laughs> does. You know, like the. Like if, if you if you get out out there on Twitter and, and you post about playing an FFPC and you don't hear that man, you know, I mean, you have you have the right people following you. Um, no, that definitely makes sense. People do uh, forget yeah. here. I mean, it, I do think there are different scenarios. The funny thing where... is that people do actually forget Pete because you don't have a tight end. You don't have a tight end in this uh, lineup. Shit. You don't have a tight end spot in this lineup, or of course, or, or the. I think that's like. accurate for the Boomer Octo, though. <laughs> the Boomer Octo? The Boomer Octo would play three flexes if allowed. I just want someone to appreciate my artistic decision to go with Comic Sans font. I and I just get some record. Thank and you. all caps. That I was a like great it. choice. It was, it was very and subtle. Would, would have went under the radar in a subtle good way, but now that you've referenced it, you know. Yeah. I had to pull myself out of the hole for forgetting half the, half the starting line. Well, it's just so good that you're doing a bit about how people forget. Meanwhile, you don't have a tight end in the lineup. <laughs> you know, in my old age, starting to forget some of these studies. Um, I was going to say, could you, if we got like news, let's just say tonight, hypothetically, they say Chase Edmonds isn't going to play. You think this oh. swings to James Conner? I do. I think it changes. Uh, I think it changes yeah. a bunch of stuff. It changes a lot. Then it swings to James Conner. I think you get more Gronk in the tournament. Uh, I think you get probably a little less Mixon. I think you get a little less Zeke. Like just getting Conner because running back's not that strong. Um, There's a you probably get a little less Najee. All the running backs probably come down a hair. But um, I also think it could really mean that Damian Harris doesn't get played like at all like people because because people aren't going to feel as good about fading the Cardinals um which I'll just say that was so from the fades or through through this point I don't have Zach Ertz I have a Cardinals D because I think fading the Cardinals is going to be very popular uh it's no fun I mean the boomers do like Zach Ertz because you know he's their age but uh (laughs) the Cardinals in general are just not very fun to click. Christian Kirk's not going to be that popular. And we don't really have Connor as an option right now, but that would definitely change it. If Connor, uh, if Chase Simmons were to get rolled out. Yeah. 
I, I agree with everything Pat said. I, I I will say I went back and just sort of checked out how like how these teams played the last time. Both running backs, like it, like the, the both times they played, like Connor put up two TDs, I believe, and he was like one of the engines of success. The first time they won, and the second time also in kind of in a losing effort. So it it really changes quite a bit if, if Edmonds is out. Um, Hassan, let's uh, hit us with a flex here. Yeah, so this is probably the you know the just gonna just say it, Travis Kelsey. Tyreek uh, suffered, you know, some kind of heel injury on on in week 18. Uh, you know, people aren't going to be burning this on Mahomes because they don't want to. There's no way you're going to get these guys to click on any of the running backs from KC. Uh, and and there's no way you're going to get people comfortable to click on Byron Pringle or Pickle Hardman or anything else, right? So people are just going to go with who they know, which is Travis Kelsey. Uh, I noticed that like Pat had him catching a significant chunk of ownership, and I and, and I and I, and I do. That's agree come with up this. throughout the week because, uh, yeah, I I thought maybe Mahomes would be fairly chalky, but uh, the the Gochester guys were talking about how yeah. the Hill concerns, you know, will bring yeah. down Mahomes' ownership. I think they're right about that. They are. So, um, so yeah, I think it just kind of pushes like Kelsey's. You can't really go wrong with Kelsey, so no. I think he'll just catch a lot. And what yeah. was he? What we talked about it, I think, yesterday. But what was his percentage last year? believe like 65 percent uh right around there i could pull it up and obviously think he's not coming off of the season he was last year but just like you said just enough uncertainty with tyreek and just enough kind of other tight ends not separating from the field i was thinking about today how if mark andrews was in here how he would have been just like the total yeah chalk uh play oh my god oh god yeah but I'm just guessing in people's head, Travis Kelsey is still the one tight end who feels like he can really separate there. And I have him at 60%. He was at 66% last year. So I do have him a little bit lower. Um, yeah. Just partly because of what you said about him not coming off the, as big of a season. And I do think Mahomes will be more popular than he was last year. He's only 16% last year. He has to be more popular than that, I think, because you get the fourth game. And, mm -hmm. you know, if, if he yeah. just goes off, you know, if he runs in a couple touchdowns uh, and spreads it out, you know, because that's the kind of the other side of this Tyreek thing. It's like, well, maybe he could, you know, throw a couple touchdowns to Hardman and Pringle and Demarcus Robinson, whatever. Then, you know, Mahomes, if he gets the Super Bowl, is probably going to be in the optimum. Right. Or you need the like the insane Tyreek Hill blow up game in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. Because it's like unlikely he's gonna outscore Mahomes over four games, but if he gets his monster game and double points, then he could just run away with it. For sure, yeah. Um, all right, who's up next, Hassan? So initially, I had I had that in Rob Gronkowski here, but you know, just knowing that he came off of IR and he's practicing, I believe in full is Leonard is probably going to be Leonard Fournette, right? Like since the since. Since Fournette last played, um, since he went on IR, there's been a couple of major shakeups in the in the Buccaneers' receiving core. Uh, Chris Godwin tore his ACL. Uh, Antonio Brown retired. Um, so you've got suddenly and even and even before and even before those two events, uh, Fournette was averaging like seven and a half targets per game. Uh, so you can see people like you know pushing themselves to like a median target projection of like nine and you could see like a 12 to 13 target game and so people feel pretty comfortable plugging you know putting in Leonard Fournette because you don't have to waste a quarterback spot on, on, on Brady and it really opens up you know everybody else I think Fournette's very easy to click because uh 
he's not game script dependent. So uh-huh. you can say like, oh, I'm going to, I mean, they're going to win round one, right? So plug him in, get the running back points there. But then in round two, like, what am I even really saying? I'm saying, I don't know. Maybe they win, maybe they don't. doesn't really matter. I get touchdowns. If they win, I get a bunch of dump-off passes. If they're behind, you feel insulated. I think yeah, you get that 18 points. Yeah, he's projecting awesome. I don't think we'll get the full versus limited. I could be wrong about that, but he's he's still technically on IR. Yeah. So he's designated to return. They're not gonna they're not gonna have him on the injury report. So I don't think we'll be able to know if he's practicing in full or whatnot, which maybe keeps him a little more tame than if he was full practice all yeah. week. But I still think he'll be like, you know, there'll be a Friday thing from Arians. It's like, oh yeah, he's good to go, look great, and and people will jam him. And that would other- be it. The other thing about him, too, is like, you know, we're all concerned with the passing game, losing those weapons. They looked awful in week 18. Leonard Fournette isn't around, you know, for that game. He doesn't have the stench of that version of the Bucs. Now you have Rojo out. You have Leonard Fournette coming back. I think people will be like, this is how I want to play the Bucs. Rojo also doubtful for this week. It's like Le'Veon Bell and Keyshawn Vaughn were back. They like they Giovanni Bernard is also designated to return, but I don't think people will care about that, and they, they really shouldn't care about it. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Fournette's a, a strong play, but I think ultimately he'll probably like it'll probably get swung a little bit more to Fournette than than Gronk uh, compared to what would be optimal is my feel on it. Although, who knows? Gronk's also like a very strong play and someone that. Uh, the boomers typically do like so i could be yeah yeah it was it was that, that was tough right like pat like were you like struggling because i had like i went yeah. back and forth between these two like these are the two bucks basically gronk or 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 lf like there's like evans is not catching like there's no way i can see people playing him yeah this is an easy pivot and i think like for example if you get connor you know and you're taking because connor's coming from Ertz, so it's like would you rather have an edmonds got declared out connor with gronk you know, I mean, you could play both of them with the flexes. You could play both Fournette and Connor, but I think the fact that Connor would help open up Gronk and sort of steal directly from a tight end would definitely push people more to Gronk than they are now. Yeah. Yep. All right. The, uh, Third flex for the Niners. This one's really, really easy. Uh, Drico actually mentioned this, but it's just—I mean, it's—it's it's it's Debo Samuel. Drico. Drico. It's same thing. Same thing. I sorry, I have an accent. I'm not, I'm not from here. <laughs> uh oh! Did is you just start Hassan a war with Ireland now too? No, no, I like, uh, I like, I like Ireland. Um, uh-huh. You just don't. They like should just pronounce their words yeah. like us. Is that? that <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just a pronunciation thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, this one's easy, right? Like, like he plays, he does it all. Like, like what does he do? Wide receiver, running back, quarterback. He just doesn't get the one point five uh, for you know if if he plays tight end, right? So I mean, really, really hard to not have uh, Debo here. Uh, I mean, there's just uh, bat. Like, do you have it at like eighty percent, like eighty percent ownership for Debo? Or no, I have it pretty close between Debo and Kittle. I just think Debo is oh. more comfortable. Uh, let's see. I think I have Debo in the high twenties. I have twenty eight percent. Kittle in the low twenties. Kittle at twenty percent. Um. So, yeah, I, I think I, you know, there's some Eli Mitchell's getting some. I got him in the teens somewhere. Fourteen percent for Eli Mitchell. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. Um, nah, I, I just think it's far and by far and away, Debo. Like, I think it'd be like sixty percent. Kind of the complication is that even though it's possible in this field to play like three tight ends, 
a lot of people aren't going to want to do that just because yeah. oh, three tight ends come on boomers aren't doing that the the other yeah. thing to remember is we're uh, you know a few weeks removed from a couple of the massive kittle games and i oh, do yeah. really think like i was just looking at his box score like if you put his cincy game like in week 18 or 17 yeah. you know when he had 13 mm-hmm. catches like people are jamming him and honestly same with eli mitchell like he had just kind of an empty calorie yeah. you know 21 carries 85 yards zero catches game in week 18 like that front of mind stuff really affects this and people yeah. just have in their mind like debo gets it done it every is week. debo doesn't matter the quarterback if it's running From whatever he gets the it. full season perspective too like you think back i mean debo i mean davis kind of said it yesterday that like you know demo and cup are like these dudes like if you have yep. them, you want money this year boomers yeah. care about that stuff like he was yep. a league winner for the full season yeah, that's and that's and that's who I had as like the two like locked and loaded like wide like wide receivers. There were three really, with Devontae being the other one, right? Like, so those are your real three wide receivers that you're not gonna not want to jam in there, right? Yeah, the other thing I should mention on uh, San Francisco is that they do have a fair amount of fade as well. Like I have thirty five percent fade, so I have Debo getting forty three percent of the non-fade ownership uh which maybe you also think is too low but there's like you couldn't have a 60 percent debo counting the fades because i have a 35 percent fade on san francisco which is way lower than you would expect based on their odds to make the super bowl and even their odds to make round two like they have yeah. a 41 percent chance to make round two but uh and the cardinals have a 36 percent chance i have 35 percent of the field fading san francisco and 53 percent of the field fading the cardinals uh, 30% chance for Las Vegas to play in round two. I have 60% of the field fading them again, compared to 35% for San Francisco, San Francisco, very popular upset pick fun to play both sides of that game. So I think you're going to have, you know, lower than expected fading, but you know, that still gets you pretty. So anyway, so this could all like, if, if more than if, if the fades are more in line with their actual odds to advance, that would potentially lower Kittle's ownership even more. Yeah. Kittle might um, go pretty under own here, and, and Mitchell might as well. I think I think I think Mitchell at fourteen percent for that from that perspective might be a little aggressive if you got them as a, as a fade, only because like if you're betting on one of these guys, you're betting on the running like as a running back pick, you you're betting on them actually winning the game, kind of in a sense, right? From a strip from uh, from a strip. But a lot of people are willing to do that. I, I, they're kind of the popular upset, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, which is interesting because the Cardinals. Uh, should be a little bit like should be getting a little bit more respect as an upset pick. I think um, there's a lot of these teams like the Niners. I think that have multiple pieces, not a lot, but there's a few that have multiple good pieces, uh, but they're underdogs and they have you know reasonable fade percentages. Like Pat said, where basically you can pick whatever you want to do and it's going to be somewhat contrarian. Like there's not going to be anything that's like a, a clear chalk on the team. Like yeah. Tampa, oh, no, Tampa's obviously favored in the first round. I don't know. Pittsburgh is another example, but they're like. A really high fade percentage obviously as a seven seed there's a couple uh, the raiders are another one you, you just mentioned pat there's a couple where like if you want to play like their best player you're going to get them at a reasonably low reasonably low percentage still yeah yeah um, so by the way we aren't uh because there's some confusion in the chat these, these aren't actually bad plays these are good <laughs> exactly. plays but the lineup itself will be like mm-hmm. duped 50 times and that's yeah it won't be a good lineup but these are all like very good plays in in some ways they're the, they're the i don't know that everyone's the optimal play but they're 
I mean, they're pretty close to the optimal. Close to the best play, yeah. Yeah. Close to the best plays. What what you guys are saying is giving me flashbacks to cash game week, and you know I'm I'm trying to move on from this, and now we're just building a cash game lineup for uh for the FIPC contest. Um, all right, who's our our last flex here? This one is one that I that that like Bat Blair and and Blair had like put my head on right for because I initially had Amari Cooper here, uh, but they 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 were able to talk me into Ezekiel Elliott. If I mean part of it is just because. The, there's been quite a few uh, island games that the Cowboys have been on, and 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 man, Zeke has looked bad. Like like Tony Pollard with plantar fasciitis has looked better and has more burst than Ezekiel Elliott, and Amari Cooper has been the one really catching a lot of these touchdowns in island games in big moments. Uh, Gallup for his ACL, and we just sort of see Lamb really not doing as much as you'd expect. And so that's why I had like I had Amari in there initially, if only because if you wanted a, a pass catcher, that's who you'd go with. But they both got my head on right, like talking about Zeke, because he does project well. Uh, you know, people are always optimistic about Zeke for some odd reason, uh, and that sort of makes sense from the from a, from a Cowboys perspective for Zeke here. Um. Yeah, and I think the the thing with the Zeke one is this is almost just like capitulation, <clears throat> right? Where people don't really know. You know, they don't have their jam and everyone's going to probably have their own flavor. But overwhelmingly, I do think Zeke will pull away, even though there's going to be people who prefer Lamb or people who take shots on Dak, seeing if they can get. This is another team like the example I just was trying to give, even though they are favored and they're not really a high fade percent. But like it's so spread, you can just pick your flavor like you're saying, Pete. But people are picking them to get upset, too. So, I mean, yeah. I think with people picking them to be upset, I think that even even boomers might think that Zeke is kind of gross and there aren't really a lot of attractive yeah. plays on this team. I think we might see uh, a higher Dallas fade percentage than or Dallas defense and maybe play Damian Harris instead of Pate's defense. Yeah, but then but then you're getting really kind of off the boomer opto, right? Because like not a lot of people are going to oh, be no, comfortable putting in, in, in Harris. I don't know about yeah, that. that. That's I think that no, I agree with the sign that the most popular lineup won't have a Dallas fade in it. But yeah, yeah. but I also agree with Blair that mm-hmm. the Dallas fade will probably be more popular than is like correct for their or you know whatever optimal for their their chances of advancing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and I have that to some extent already. I have them thirteen percent faded. Uh, L.A. who has really not that much better chance of advancing 64% to play around two compared to 59 for Dallas. I have them at 4% uh, Cincinnati. Who's somewhat better at 70% to make round two. I have at 6% uh, Buffalo who's 64% to make round two. I have at 6% as well. So, you know, over twice as much or, or basically over around double. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Dak you- steals some, I mean, I, I mean, Dak's going to have a little bit of ownership. I, I guess some of those other teams have a, a QB stealing some too, but Pat, who do you have, uh, or what do you have Lamb and Cooper at percentage-wise? Uh, I have them fairly close, but that might be one I need to adjust. Oh, by the way, I think I'm going to – I bumped uh, Debo up to 36, Mitchell down to 8, and Kittle down to 18. Was that Does that seem more in line with where you guys think it'll go? Yeah, that that that, that feels a little bit better. Okay. Um, uh, you have... should be at, like, what, like 2 or 2 or 3%? I have them at 2, yeah. I yeah, that's two. perfect. I have gold at 14. gold at 14. Which seems yeah. maybe a little high, but this off fade. I yeah, see, I it could, it could go that. to the fade and the kicker, but it, in total, I have thirty five percent fade. That feels yeah. right to me. I don't. Maybe yeah. maybe I have the kicker. In no, that, no, 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 that's correct. From an implied, even yeah, from a 
that that lines up a little bit better with their money line odds actually um also i should mention so we have posted in the ship chasing discord uh google sheet with pat's uh updated ownership projections so if you guys are youtube members you can get access to that it's a pinned <laughs> uh comment there in the ship chasing discord you just become a youtube member and that will unlock the channel uh within uh the discord as well who are our wide receivers here oh, Hassan? The, oh did you want uh, just on dallas oh uh, yeah real quick i had zeke at 30 percent lamb at 25 percent schultz at 13 percent then dallas d at 11 dak at nine cooper at eight and that goes yeah. to like twos and ones for everyone else but and I think you think the there's CD, a bigger gap between Zeke and CD? No, that I was just gonna say that feels really right to me because I do think some people will just think Zeke is gross um, enough that CD's right there with him. Or Amari, like 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 Amari's Schultz, been the one like really really catching a lot. Yeah, Schultz could be another. Like that's the issue. It's kind of like what Ben was saying. Like ownership here is really flat. Yeah, uh, and I, I think and Amari just, will get. I think Amari will get squeezed because Schultz is easy. But Amari's like, well, if I'm gonna play Mario, I'll play Lamb because Lamb's not gonna be the chalk. So you're not like, yeah. But know. how many people got burned on on Lamb just like with his multiple three for eighteen or three for sixty six or, you know, and and like even even in week eighteen he went like what like two for sixty five and and nothing right. So it's just sort of yeah. like he's sort of been kind of mid right. Like he hasn't been great. Yeah. All um, right. The wide the wide receivers these were just locked. I mean Cooper Cup and Devonte Adams, like lock it in. Like the, just the two that were just so. Um, well, and it, sorry, you're saying bad. Well, I want to pull up the ownership of these guys, and and you let me know if I'm too low. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have Cooper Cup at eighty eight percent. Yeah, feels low. <laughs> and I have Devonte <laughs> Adams at eighty percent. That that also feels low. <laughs> uh, those, mean, those those feel very right to me yeah, yeah early in the week i thought those felt low though as, as we go i feel like those are totally fine or or maybe even high on adams like i mean people are gonna play aaron jones it's not that crazy a little i, uh, I think I aaron, jones will be, aaron jones will be less than five percent yeah Rogers maybe 10 yeah i think this is about right for adams rogers is like not a good play right because he doesn't get the yeah. fourth game Terrible. You're you're a dog to Adams if you go to the Super Bowl with them anyway. He brought you know so much of the offense goes through Adams that I think I think Rodgers was ten percent last year, yeah. um, and I have him right around the same. Yeah. I, I actually have him a little less because because I think uh, there's a few more quarterback options this year. It's because I, mean, I brought using... this up in my article, but if you did like if you played out the playoffs a hundred times, would you expect Adams to be the top scoring Green Bay Packer eighty times? Out of hundred, oh, yeah. probably not. Well, but it's well, still probably, probably higher, dude. No, probably not. But you, but in the scenarios where it's was, do you know how numbers work? <laughs> yeah, I do. I was actually create, trying to create a Monte Carlo it's for this. Higher. <laughs> I was trying to create. I was, I was trying to create a Monte Carlo for this. Um, but but like but like I, I'll be honest. Is like I do think that like from for like just from the smaller sample size, like I see them like really leaning on 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 adams here like you're not going to see this like bullshit to alan lazard and mvs and crap like that like like it's they only get three games um like no they're gonna like they they're gonna prioritize the shit out of adams here man like he like, he becomes a goal line back in some of these situations and ben you know this like, like you, you've written point. about it it's a fair point the, well, the one the one I, the thing out the reason i agree with the just the sky high ownership too is these guys feel good 
regardless of the scenario, right? You say yes. they go to the Super yeah. Bowl. All right, I want Adams and Cup. You say they get knocked out in a high-scoring game. Well, they're going to be the engine for the offense, and I'll still just bank those points. Like, you feel comfy no matter what happens to the Packers or the Rams when you put these two guys in. Yeah. For um, sure. That's why I picked them in all of our lineups this week, and yeah. I'm making it a, a point to pick them in every lineup on all five of our shows this week. <laughs> well, <laughs> the other thing about the the whole, like, uh, you know, is Adams 80% optimal if you run it 100 times or whatever? Obviously not, but like you're never going to, you're going to be right such a low percentage of the time when you, when you pick Lazard, you know, because Lazard is optimal in like some percentage of those. So is MVS, like maybe one of the tight AJ ends in a, in a one and done type of scenario, like AJ Dillon. Yeah. AJ Dillon probably has way more than he's going to be played, but it's like, it just, you're going to be wrong a lot. So I think like relative to, the other guys are actually going to get played on this team, uh, which is very few people, you know, it just feels comfortable. Like, what am I even, who's going to even beat me? Like, we're all going to win with Adams. We're all going to lose together. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I think that's right. Like, even though, even though you admit Adams is not that, you know, you wouldn't say Adams is a good play at 80% ownership, like necessarily, but he is, I mean, who else yeah. are you going to play? Yeah. Yeah. In, in in my first pass, I initially had Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback, just because I I just had flashbacks of people talking about Lazard and stuff. But like now, nah, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, "What am I even doing here? Like, why am I trying to make this work?" The issue with with uh, Rodgers as well is when you have the buy, you are, yeah. and especially with the way the AFC sets up this year, yep. you're so likely to be facing a team in the Super Bowl that has a quarterback that's playing an additional game. Yep. And doesn't have a Devonta Adams type player necessarily. I mean, like obviously Mahomes has Kelsey. Last year, it was Kelsey and Brady that was sort of optimal because you had the extra game from Brady from the NFC. But I mean, if the if the Packers make the Super Bowl, yeah, I mean you can get Rodgers in the Super Bowl game, the two X game that you know he he doesn't hit Adams for whatever reason, and he really separates from Adams because in the Super Bowl, all of his points go to other guys. But it's just so likely that you would see Adams with. Mahomes, Adams with Josh Allen, Adams with the quarterback from the AFC, Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of scenarios where you have Rodgers going in and you're like, I'm a huge dog because I'm going against Burrow Adams. I'm going against Mahomes Adams. I'm going against Allen Adams. You're a huge dog, right? So I I have him, I have Rodgers at 8%. He was at 12% last year. I think the fact that you have Burrow, you know, Burrow's going to catch from ownership. He's very exciting. I mean, the recency bias thing really works in his favor. Mahomes, uh, I think, is more interesting as I mentioned, just because of the Kelsey stuff, um, and you get the fourth game with with Mahomes, which is really big. And then Allen, Allen, I think, will still be the chalk quarterback. So uh, his ownership I have down from where it was last year, but yeah. still, uh, yeah. still Rogers, just a little <laughs> bit lower. L, L. Gumner says you don't think teams are going to try to take away Adams, buddy. They've been trying to take away Adams for about <laughs> yeah. four years. How many years? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like here's the thing. Like, 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 so like here's the thing about Adams, right? He is the bad matchup. He is the one who knocks, right? Like this is not like like, like, like you, you can put you can put your you can tell your entire defense like okay we're gonna concentrate on this one guy, and Rogers is still gonna throw it up to him. It's and it's, he's still gonna come down with the ball. And it's not even necessarily like throwing it up. In some respects, it, it is, but like like so much of what they do, we you know we can sit here and visualize it. Obviously, like it doesn't matter if you're bracketing him or whatever. You can't put a defender out of bounds and they're going to throw the back shoulder and Rogers is going to put it out of bounds. And Adams is going to stop. I think the time is going to be impeccable and he's going to reach over the sideline with his feet in bounds and make the catch. 
How the fuck do you defend that? I mean, so much of what they do is not even defendable, really. Ben, I mean, it's, 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 it's through prayer. It's through prayer. They shouldn't yeah, be playing prayer. on Sunday. They shouldn't be playing on Sunday. They should be fucking going to church. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam has a good comment about Rodgers saying you can get a Titan Super Bowl and then you can also get a K Super Bowl and then you have the Hill-Kelsey side yeah. of that Mahomes. So, you know, and that's a good point. Maybe if he was 12% last year, maybe he still comes in around 10. Maybe I've got that like a couple percentage too low. But I also think this comment from Sam uh, is very instructive of like how you should be thinking about your decisions. Yeah. Like you can't just say, I want to play Rogers because it's a leverage spot. You have to backtrack and think in which scenarios could this actually work out? Um, and so maybe Titans it is, is you, a great one. Yes. Yeah. Completely agree. Um, and I think the same with the, you know, the cup fade, like you probably want to have a decent amount of Kyler, um, in, in cut fades, you know, just thinking through how do you benefit if you oh, yeah. are not right exclusively, but yeah, I think not you exclusively. Wanna, you you want to yeah. think about that, yeah. Um, um, all right, go ahead, Hassan. No, I was just gonna say because that 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 Titan Super Bowl point does bring in bring bring us into this next guy, the big dog. Uh, there's a lot of excitement here about him. Mike Vrabel's been trying to walk it back a little bit, but the fact that they get one extra week, to, uh, one extra week to evaluate him, his health, and to see if he's cutting and everything, like I think that Derrick Henry is going to come in not super owned, but like comes in like as the most popular Titans play. There's a, Me too. Sorry. You you said uh, Derrick Henry, right? Derrick Henry, the big dog. Yeah. I put him on the, uh, the, uh, the cover. And that would have been bad if, uh, <laughs> if he didn't. No, it's it. <laughs> for sure. It's the big dog. Yeah. Is there, is there anything even else that needs to be said? I mean, running back super weak. And he's the big dog. Yeah, and he's just coming I, back, I, man. I How low think would his that, ownership have to be for you guys to want to play him. <laughs> yeah, I tried to pick him last night, and they wouldn't let me play. I was actually at the point where I was considering picking him, but I got I got told to take my big. Dog. I mean, I I think if he was a coin flip, like with AJ Brown, ownership wise, mm. then I I would want to kind of match the field on my split exposure. And that's where I'm heading with it. I think yeah. it's going to be um, closer to a coin flip. I think I have 49, uh, 49, 40, something like that. Because, mm -hmm. you know, it's not like Fournette. With Fournette, we are definitely going to get the Arians quote. We're going to get the blurbs. We're going to get, you know, all the new stuff. Uh, we're going to get, like, stuff every day this week. We already had, you know, he's practicing. He's designated to return. You're going to get the one tomorrow. You're going to get the one Friday. You're going to get on Saturday. He's going to get activated. And people are, oh, yeah, okay, let's go. So you're not getting any of that buzz with Henry. Obviously, people are excited talking about him a little bit. But I think uh, the bigger we, element is everyone wants to play Tennessee to lose. Like, everyone is really yeah. sort of over leveraging on like playing Cincy through Tennessee. And that's my upset play. Playing the, that's true. If I, if I pick the Raiders to win, now I'm going to have the Raiders go all the way to the conference champion. Like Tennessee is not even there, and I, I mean, I, I was pointing out with the with Sam's comment on the Rogers stuff is like I kind of just pushed that aside as well. But but the Titans can make the Super Bowl. They all they got to do is win two home games, and they've beat a lot of these teams. I mean, in recent in like convincingly in the last couple of years, they beat a lot of the other good teams in the AFC, and no one wants to believe in them. But if they go to the Super Bowl, Derrick Henry is very likely to be their play, right? Yeah, AJ Brown's the better play in one game in a small sample, but. And Henry's I think, gonna scoop up TDs in that scenario if they if they go to the Super Bowl. 
And I do agree with that thesis. Like if running back was a little bit stronger this year, I could see it just being a dead heat between AJ Brown and Derrick Henry. But I mean, it is like, you can go through all of these players on these teams and like, who's the running back on their team that you're passing over. Like they're just not super attractive options and people still fucking love Derrick Henry. Like, I mean, if we get, like you said, Pat, if we get any kind of positive news or assurance on him, like he's going to be a smash for people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it sounded like he was close to being back for week 18 even. So I think there's already, you know, some excitement about him. Yeah. Um, I expect, I expect it'll be, there'll be some more separation. Guys, can you, guys, can can you believe that we're going to get even on, on all this Derrick Henry, uh, getting smashed on all this Derrick Henry by playing him in this tournament? Well, it's there. The it's inevitable. Is we are trending that way. We're gonna end up overweight on Derrick Henry. Yeah, and he's gonna score a ton of touchdowns. You watch. There normally, ben, you're gonna like the hand. story I told, buddy. <laughs> you, you wait. You wait till you hear that story oh, I wow. told about Derrick Henry. I'm scared. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. I do think if it's even, we're gonna we're gonna have plenty of Derrick Henry this year. Um. All right. Can we clo- can we close with a little story time? I'm not gonna read the whole story. But oh yeah. I let's hear the story. Little... Okay. In an Irish uh, accent, please. Let me hang on. I got to pull it up. Because this, I did, I did like a whole bracket, but I'm not. So I'm not going to read that. I just want to read the. I just want to read. Let's see. What was it? Chapter five. Patriots try to run on the Titans, but the Titans beat them at their own game, smashing the Patriots' run funnel with Derrick Henry. Henry faders are insta dead as he goes for 140 yards and two touchdowns in his return. How you doing, Ben? That's oh, that's actually pretty I good. My blanket, I'm tucked in. <laughs> good usage of Insta Dead. It's a good. It's an interesting story. Um, I, the, I was so so caught up trying to grab my blanket that I didn't even listen to what you read. What did you say? Don't worry, it's in the Discord. <laughs> yep. Um. All right, who's our final running back here, Hassan? This one's uh, this one was, for me was Joe Mixon, if only because uh, he absolutely crushed the Raiders the last time out. Thirty carries, hundred and twenty something yards, uh, two scores, no catches, but that's kind of been you know the the story of Joe, Joe Mixon. Um, I mean, it's just really difficult, right? Like we, we've discussed how gross running back is. Uh, the fact that the Raiders shade as a run funnel, and the fact that Mixon sort of is. You know, he was rested in week 18 for this very reason. Like, I can see a lot of people just being like, he is like the RB1 and then just sort of clicking him in and then moving on with their lives. Like, I think it would be like, that's the way they go. They want to play Cincy. Um, you know, so because if you're, if you're playing a Bengals victory, you're going to you're gonna go through Mixon and, and Zach Taylor shown a proclivity to, you know, to sort of establish the run uh, regardless of game situation. It just so happened that the most recent game that we saw Joe Barrow and Jamar Chase was... Um, when they were forced at throwing to Chase, and then just sort of Chase just sort of just does what Jamar Chase does, um, right? And that sort of sideline Mixon, but it re- like Mixon has seen a lot of work, and so I think a lot of people would feel a lot more comfortable with Mixon. I can see people be more iffy on Jamar or Higgins because the other one exists. You know, like you're feeling you're feeling iffy about Jamar Chase because the Higgins is there, and you're feeling iffy about Higgins because Jamar Chase exists. So Mixon is just sort of that happy medium. Also, because they're 21 and 22 and they play wide receiver, whereas you can get a nice <laughs> aged yeah. running back uh, yeah. you know, into your lineup. 
So, so See, I've seen a lot I of uh, popularity. Mm -hmm. I have this different. I think Mixon would be very popular, but I actually think the boomers are going to play Chase because yeah. Chase just went off. Chase, you know, he's in the he's yes, in the yeah. the recency bias model. He's just absolutely smashing. He's obviously, you know, he's incredibly he talented. Love the game logs. Yeah, the game logs just just look perfect. You tell yourself the story. You get the you get the Cincinnati run. It's got to be Chase. You already have Fournette, right? So you already have your kind of your workhorse guy there. Maybe it's not Henry. Maybe you know. Maybe it's Zeke and and it's AJ Brown. But you still actually in this lineup do have a couple running backs, a couple workhorse running backs. You don't necessarily need Joe Mixon. I think Mixon will be popular because it's going to be like the kind of the Galbrain. Like it's really gonna be like the Zoomers who are on Joe Mixon as they look at their projections oh, and they man. crunch their numbers and they're like, you know, <laughs> if I go Mixon, I can get Gronk. I don't have to play Fournette. I'll go Mixon Gronk and play and you know and that two v two versus Fournette Chase, and uh, that's how I think he he ends up very popular. But ultimately, I think Chase will be the most popular play, and I think he'll be very popular among the Boomers. I, I, I think, don't. I think the dynamic is actually pretty similar, Joe Mixon and. Actually, the analogy across, and we were talking about them being the NFC Cowboys too, right? Where you have Mixon is the Zeke and Chase is the Lamb and Higgins is the Amari. Like, I feel like that's, and I can see both Mixon and Chase being similarly close to Zeke and Lamb. Do you think that Higgins gets, well, first of all, Amari might not get cut out the way I'm thinking, but you also do have a tight end there who's who's stealing, uh, True. you know, sizable uh, ownership from Cooper, but but Higgins, I have eighteen percent. Chase at thirty three percent. Mixon at thirty. So there's a pretty big gap. I feel like I keep widening the gap. It feels wrong to widen the gap. Higgins is a really good player. Higgins, is, it's not like lost on people that Higgins is a really good it player. Sh it should be a lot closer between Higgins and Chase versus Mixon. I think you think like, it I, should I, be. I think based I think on the Mixon, way to play it or based on the way it'll actually come in though. The way that it'll like, actually come in, I think Mixon will okay. be the highest owned. Um, and right. then I think I, I can see Chase and Higgins sort of splitting um, because, yeah, I mean, like we're just seeing in the chat right now where a lot of people are talking about, you know, what Mixon scores were and a lot of what, like, you know, people <laughs> who love, love Mixon. Now. We love Mixon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, all right, fair enough. I mean, I do have him the highest. Yeah, he does. Like, it, just, it just is that, like, a lot, like, when when Jamar Chase goes off the way he does, it just leaves a lot less opportunity for everybody else. But like you go back to week fifteen, and uh, you know he had like one you know one catch for three yards, right? And like and like week fifteen is the week where a lot of playoff bubble teams had their dreams die. And if you had like Jamar Chase on that that week, or Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase on that week, like you're still pretty salty that they you know like you you get like a combined two points out of these guys right so so it's um and to I, me, I, I, I i don't think people think that jason earned that trust sorry pete you were saying no no yeah i was just thinking too yeah i'm guessing because you could definitely see scenarios where even the boomers play fournette and henry as their running backs and then flip mix into chase flip zeke to cd right. but i think that those those kind of decisions, like you're going to see a mix of those guys. And we, even your ownership projections reflect that. Yes, they're, they're separating, but barely separating. Like, you know, there's, yeah, yeah. there's some fragility in that to where the boomer opto could be flipped on, on those two players in both spots. But I think the big question here is, is this a three-way split or does one of the guys pull ahead 
and it's like one and then two close, or is it two very close and then one cut out, which is the way I have it. But Hassan sounds like he's mixing ahead to split, but you could also make a case that like all three are pretty close to each other. And I, I think I, getting that right, it'll be important. I'm more how you have it because I feel like boomers will be so proud of themselves. You know what? Lord, give me so much strength not to play Joe Mixon. You know what? I finally have the confidence to play a wide receiver. He just happens to be one of the greatest wide receiver, rookie wide receivers of all time. I feel good about that. I have done my diligence. Like if you're breaking the tie off of Joe Mixon, you're playing Jamar Chase. And yeah. I think it's going to, the T Higgins play is going to be left for the galaxy brainers. Um, yeah. And, and just, just to add on to that, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this tweet from Ben baby today, but uh, Higgins popped up on the injury report with a foot injury. Oh, Oh no. I didn't see that. I didn't yeah. see that. That's Which, great. That's by great. the way, T Higgins is, an absolute superstar, right? And we're we're actually interested in pl- fun ways to yeah, play yeah, the yeah. Bengals going yep. far. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> um, but I guess one way to think about it, and I've tried to think about this as I'm as I'm making these, is like, okay, what if they were? What if all three guys were priced at eighty five hundred dollars this week on DraftKings? Who who are you clicking? Uh, it doesn't matter. Ownership. I've lost uh, I've lost a lot of money on on DK to DFS this year, so. <laughs> Not but I, I, like, I think, what's what's ownership pushing me? Burrow. Yeah. yeah, like like if it's just say let's just say it's cash. Like you're just trying to pick the best play. Like because I think it it's like for me I'm like wow 8500 I get sticker shock with T Higgins, I get a little sticker shock with Mixon, and I'd be like let's jam Jamar Chase. That seems like the play to me if I got to play one of those three at the at a super high salary. Yeah, yes, that sir. makes sense. He's um, a dude that can score. He's got the high A dot. He's the dude right. that can score, that can blow up. We just saw the 50-point game. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. How much do boomers look at, like, first-round matchups? Like, Mixon has a pretty good – Dude, looks like he does. That's what I That's what I broke my tie on was based on the yeah. fact that Oakland's – like, the, uh, uh, Las Vegas is – is, the Raiders are a run funnel. That's what I broke mm. my tie on. Like, Because, like – if you go back to the previous game, like he had like the thirty carries, hundred twenty three yards, and two he scores. He smashed them, right? Yeah, yeah. He like they just rode him to like the victory, and I can see people being like, "I just want to bank those points and call it a day." That's a good point. Pat's like, point made me realize though that with the high price thing, basically what he's arguing is that like if you're playing in DFS, yeah. Chase is like a guy who price doesn't matter because you know he has such a ceiling that like literally he could be the highest price kind of slate and still be necessary. Because the ceiling is massive, so there are going to be people who are like, "I'm afraid of getting buried by him," and that's yeah. what like you're not afraid of yeah. getting buried by the other dudes necessarily. Probably should be afraid of getting buried by Higgins, honestly. Yeah, like I know, I like, keep I've bumped down Higgins a little bit to sixteen percent. I brought Chase in, mixing up one uh, percent each, because I just I do feel like you know you can you can make the argument about you know Chase is going to be the chalk. You can make the argument that Mixon is going to be the chalk. I, I mean, no one thinks Higgins is going to be. The you job. cannot make the argument for Higgins. You, you just can't. Yeah, I agree. And he's a great yeah. play. I mean, I. He's a great play. Yeah. Uh. So the yeah the the Ben Baby tweet was he was added to the team's injury report today with a foot injury. He was limited. He participated and looked okay during the open portion of media availability. Will be something to monitor tomorrow morning. It's just uh, that's what's going to push his like his. I'm, I'm his, bring him uh, down like two more percent based on yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, then there's there's literally another video in the tweet string of of Joe Burrow firing a pass down the seam to him, and Higgins makes a stretched out catch and and makes it like so. I think ultimately it seems like a non issue. I agree. It just it just it just you're gonna have these like 
uh, a lot of hype around this Raiders uh, Bengals game because I mean the Bengals haven't been here in a while. We haven't seen them win a game in oh my god since NBA Jam before NBA Jam in the playoffs. I don't know, <laughs> um, but it's just it's just one of those things where where there's going to be a lot more media coverage around this game than you think that than it normally would be because of the nature of of of, of the Bengals here. Um. um. One final thing here, because this is starting to get into our our Galbrain territory. I would say if you have anywhere less than like twenty lineups, that Uzoma probably shouldn't be in your player pool. I don't know. Is that is that crazy to say? I mean, if you're playing like Jacobs on the other side, and you're playing it as kind of a fade of Cincinnati, I guess. But you're burning a pretty valuable flex spot, so why not just play? You know. Evan McPherson or something. His like, floor I, I is think, literally zero. Yeah. You're better off. You're better off getting one of your kicker or a defense spot or just or just fading the team entirely. Because the other thing is like you don't okay. What are the odds that Uzoma uh Uzoma outscores I think it's Uzoma outscores uh all three of the guys plus Burrow and then outscores whoever whoever any Cincinnati faders, right? Whether it's soft through the kicker or hard completely who they're putting in their flex. Oh. You know what I mean? So we are going to have teams that have, that <laughs> no don't have bangles. any Cincinnati guy. Yeah. And they've got, instead of that, they've got Dallas Nadia Goddard Harris, or, Dal- or they've yeah. got Dallas Goddard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Dallas Goddard is a huge favorite to outscore Yuzuma. Cause yeah, you need them to lose and you need to, you need to get like three things right for that to work. Put differently. Um, yeah. <laughs> put differently. If, if you were playing DFS showdown, uh, Pete, like, would you? How, how many lineups would you need to even put Ozoma in your like in the lineup? It's, it's right? not a good example because I've literally played not... third string tight ends in two hundred thousand yeah. person contests, and this is what seven thousand. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's, just, it's, 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 it's not one to one. Yeah, it's not one to one. Um, all right, the final unveiling. Everyone already knows. Give it. to Everybody us. knows. Yep, Josh Allen, oh, baby. This one, this, I mean, this one's just. Don't dox me, bro. This one, I mean, I mean, this one's this one's pretty easy, right? Like, there's no one on Buffalo you want to click. Diggs has kind of been off. Uh, you're not clicking Singletary because his usage has been spotty. I can see people galbrating themselves into Docs and Knox. Um. Manny Sanders is probably back. He's not going to get any love. No Beasley, no no Gabby Davis. Like, there's just no other way to go. Um, and everyone's got these guys as beating the Patriots anyway, right? So uh, it sort of tells the same story of the lineup there with the with the defense of the being the Patriots and, and Josh Allen, right? Like, so I don't know. This was this this is one where you can see him catching, getting four games and getting there, right? So I just was was curious, Pat. Is this something yours was was similar, or yet we had like a handful of like changes, right? Yeah, I think Josh Allen's definitely the chalk quarterback. Will be yeah. in the Boomer Opto, but I yeah, I don't think he'll be as owned as he was last year. I think he's thirty eight percent owned last year. I have him at thirty percent. Sounds like you might have him projected for more than that, but I think that, that. you have. Um, you know, tight end is deeper this year and mm-hmm. we should, you know, we'll see. And this one is a, a double tight end lineup, but if you wanted to switch that, 
and go with Patrick Mahomes, it's a lot more comfortable. You know, you can, I mean, you can play Gronk. You can do a bunch of stuff to feel very comfortable about not being on Travis Kelsey and you're getting that fourth game out of Mahomes. So I think in that respect, uh, that'll that'll probably lower Allen a little bit. And then the other thing, we've talked a bunch of times about running back, how it's a bit weak, but Singletary is in play. I mean, Singletary has been a total workhorse here. So, and Singletary is a guy that Daigle's been talking about a lot. I think Singletary will catch some ownership and just the fact that he helps you get a little bit more flexibility at running backs so that you can go play a chase instead of a Mixon or, or Gronk instead of Fournette, et cetera. Uh, I think that's – he he's actually pretty appealing in part because of what you just said. They're probably going to beat New England. Everyone's playing it that way. But that might be kind of a low-scoring game. It might not be – you know, it's going to be cold. People might not be that excited about, you know, that one shooting out. So if you're if you're playing someone else to the Super Bowl, then uh, Singletary is pretty interesting. Yeah, and my kind of thesis on like when Daigle brought that up on our show Monday, you know, initially it, it took me back because I think he was a little inflated. Um, but the more I thought about it for just how the tides have kind of turned with the Bills and the way that Singletary has projected really well down the stretch, and he's delivered on that projection pretty much every single time since people started projecting him as the lead back for the bills. And I just do think confidence on Singletary is kind of at an all time high, which is crazy because literally five weeks ago, people wouldn't touch him with a 10 foot pole. Like it was the bills just pass every down. He's in a timeshare. They're using Brita, you know, they're not even throwing to the running backs a ton. And now sentiment has just completely shifted on him. Yep. Yep. I agree. All right. So in terms of where I was different here, there's really not that many spots. I mean, we already talked about the Mixon one to death. Um, I have Cardinals uh, as a fade with Zach Ertz flipped out. Um, and I have Najee Harrison as the stealer. Mm. Uh, I think Deontay will be pretty popular, but I think Najee's probably the most popular. Uh, okay. And that's it. That's it. So I think there's only a couple spots. Um, now, there's, there's a couple of things that are like <clears throat> also pretty popular. Like I think New England – um, like I think Nick Folk will be fairly popular. Uh, I had the Cardinals D and then the Patriots is a hard fade. It's my, yeah. is my, uh, flip on that. Yeah. The, the really hard part in coming up with the, with the kind of a crisp boomer opto this time around, we really confounded the algos was the fact that we genuinely don't have good running backs and right. the running backs we do have, have all got major, major question marks. Is the algo just Finding out the running, like looking at the best running backs, is that the it, algo? It weights it pretty <laughs> have heavily. I, have I identified the algo? It weights it pretty heavily. <laughs> Please I don't expose the, the algo was hanging out a Cracker Barrel. I thought that. Was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, go ahead. Well, I, I just want to say on the running back point. So just just so people know kind of where I'm at on the differences from last year. Last year. The actual ownership came in at running back 331%. So like 3.3 running backs per line. It was the same amount of um, of flexes last year. So 3.3. I have a projected for 2.75 this year. So down like pretty considerably. Uh, I have wide receiver actually. I didn't realize this until just now. I have it for exactly the same as last year, 4.43. And then tight end up from 1.25 to 1.82. So I mean, tight ends way deeper than it was last year. Running backs 
more shallow. And I, I think, I think you'll see the ownership reflect that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Matt, Matt's bringing up to some of these line movements, um, bill people projecting the bills to just waltz on lines down to three and a half. Same yeah. thing's happening with the Bengals stuff. I mean, Bengals. that line was, uh, at six and a half or seven, it's down to five. Um, it bounced back to five and a half. Oh, did it bounce back? Instantly, um, instant buyback. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I think the, the overconfidence in those spots is, is going to translate, you know, into the contest. And it get, goes to like, you don't necessarily have to galaxy brand it. Like if you want to flip that in play, you know, Josh Jacobs, you know, as your, your Raider, you know, like that's already going to be a way to get unique. And you're not that far fetched a third of the time. You're right yeah. on the Raiders winning that game based on the implied odds. Yeah. That one, that one's a struggle on the goat district lineup. They picked, Damian Harris and Devin Singletary with the idea of like, you know, you, you're kind of getting a fade on the bills with Singletary. Allen's going to be super popular as a, as a quarterback, most popular quarterback. I think Diggs will be more popular than Singletary. So you're kind of, you're betting on a one and done. And then you get Harris moving on. That's a pretty good outcome. And maybe if the bills win, you get, you know, single Singletary uh, winning out over two games. Although I think you're a dog, but you know, it's tough, right? Because you don't think that there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game. So no. it's like you've kind of picked the game to shoot out that I don't think you think is actually going to shoot out and certainly wouldn't be a, a great bet based on the over-under to shoot out. Not saying it couldn't happen. It could happen. But um, that's like the tough thing where do you have the stones to just straight up fade the bills? <laughs> and I don't think a lot of people will. <laughs> yeah. Um, Blair. Supposed, what, like, oh, go ahead. We were hearing some stuff about weather, but it's supposed to be not – I don't know. I was just looking last night after um, recording a show with Sean and and mentioning it because I was like, I haven't even checked this. It's not supposed to be like any precipitation, not particularly windy, but it's going to be like five degrees at at game time or lower. Potentially. I took took Murphy to the dog park uh, the other day when it was 18 degrees. It'll get to you. It'll get to you. Right. Five like the high for the day on Saturday in Buffalo uh, when I was looking was nine. Like we're, I mean, I know like yeah. we care more about you know wind than we do rain or snow and all these things, but like we care about extreme cold, right? When we're getting down to like freezing, like what I mean, excuse me, well below freezing, like like zero degrees, like we're talking like that's gonna affect the game, right? I think uh, Evan pointed out that no one thought Pittsburgh Cleveland will shoot out last year, and that's right, but I think. You know, think through it. Like, if you are betting on that game to shoot out, then bet on it to shoot out. So maybe, maybe it's Harris Diggs instead of Harris Singletary, right? So you, I think you want to think through like what scenario you're actually betting on. And that's the way that you know the Steelers wide receiver hit in a big way, and there's actually a couple of guys. I mean, what was it? The the optimal was Juju, but the winning lineup had Claypool, and uh, then you had Chubb going on. You get two games out of Chubb, so I think you could play it similarly to that game, but the way to play that, you know, wouldn't be to go both running backs necessarily. I mean, it could, it could play out that way, but might not be the most likely outcome. Um, Blair looking at these boomer optos, you know, we, we talk in DFS, good chalk, bad chalk. What, what, what would you say here stands out as good chalk? What do you think, you know, kind of jumps out as, as stuff your is a quick fade for you? Oh man, that's a good question. I mean, the kind of, Obviously, chalky spots are Adams and Cup, and we kind of have discussed, you know, how even though 
the ownership is going to be way too high. It's hard to get away from them. I think um, I think Debo could end up being good chalk because you can see him succeeding in a win or a loss. Um, Kelsey obviously is good chalk um, in this contest. And then, you know, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's tough to find leverage spots for <laughs> for a lot of these guys. Like, if you don't want to play Cooper Cup, then uh, who on their team has the sort of upside to get there above Cup? Maybe I'm noticing you haven't know. mentioned any of the running backs. I was going to, he's dancing around them? the running backs. <laughs> Do you see them? Are you capable of reading those names? This is what it, lo- oh, this is what it looks like when Blair looks at. <laughs> yeah. <this team>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those, guys are, those guys are just so obviously bad chalk. I don't think they need mentioning. <laughs> well, who, like, who do you play running back? Everyone else. No, I actually like I actually I like the Singletary right. call, and <laughs> I like the Harris call. Though I think that Pat is right, not in the same lineup. I mean, there there's a path to it, but it's you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd rather just go Bills fade in the Harris lineups. Uh, right, it's easy to see how Harris scores a bunch of touchdowns, and the Patriots attempt ten passes, and the Bills can't score. I do really think that, you know, this is, you know, you, you look at these pass catchers. These are all guys who garner a big market share of their team's offense. And that's going to be true in either shootouts or in, in negative game script catch up scenarios. I do think the running backs are the most interesting. We have seen Joe Mixon get scripted out of games and not be involved. We, you could see just total systemic risk for the bucks. Like they, you know, if, if that trend carries over from, from Sunday, like, they could just flop. And so I think those are the kind of spots that I'm kind of looking at, but obviously you do eventually have to play a running back. Two of them. In fact. Yes, yeah. I do. actually think you deleted his name, but I actually think Najee Harris is pretty good chalk because you can see him getting a bunch of targets in a loss. So I also don't think he'll be like that chalky because you have to, <laughs> <laughs> I like how you didn't put it in as a running back. <laughs> yeah. Because um, so I have Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has a 17% chance of playing around two. They have a 3% chance of making the Super Bowl. Cordon, these, these lines might be like, you know, slightly outdated, but roughly. And uh, I have them at 57% faded, which is low compared to Philly, who has a better chance of, of both. I have mm-hmm. Philly at 79% faded. I have... New England, who has a much better chance, 36% chance of playing round two. They have twice the twice the chance, but I have them at 69% faded to uh, 57 for Pittsburgh. So just the fact that Najee's kind of fun. Deontay's kind of fun. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they won't be overplayed because they'll get split up. But at the same time, Pittsburgh will <laughs> Pittsburgh will probably be overplayed unless that game shoots out. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're making jokes all the time. <laughs> Pete, Pete. This is my yeah. version of story. Great <laughs> um, should we do our thing and build a lineup? That's not What's the that? boomer opto. Let's do it. Oh yeah. Let's I don't remember. What, is Willis tracking this? Is anyone tracking this? Cause I don't, I'm tracking them. So I literally okay. registered five football guys as Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for the shows. Nice. Okay. So, yeah. so we, uh, and I, I men in blacking. All I remember is I'm not picking Elijah Mitchell again. <laughs> Cause I had him in my first two. Um, 
Hassan, why don't you kick us off here? Um. Oh man, it's too much pressure. Uh, let's actually just let's just go with with um. Oh, shit. You guys want me to go with a quarterback, or or, or, or what do you we guys want you to pick? Whatever you want, pick. Yeah, do whatever you want, man. God damn it! All right, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll go with Joe Burrow. I'll go with Joe Burrow. Ooh, okay. Now this is hot. Right. That was yeah. That was an alpha move. Wow. That was yeah. a Leone alpha play right there. Joe Burrow. <laughs> um, Blair, you're up next. Okay. Um. Uh, I'm going to go against, against type here and pick a running back. Let's get Najee in there. All right. Wow. All right. Gretch. No cop-outs, Gretch. I want some alpha. Pick whoever you want, dude. Yeah. None of this, none of this Cooper cup stuff again. If he wants Cooper cup, pick him. Nobody picks him every time. (laughs) Someone else (laughs) picks him. It's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's so good. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to figure out whether I want to take Tennessee's kicker or D to lock them into a soft fade. Um, but Look maybe it. we can just all agree to hard fade them, and then I don't have to take them. I will take because uh, I think if you're taking Burrow, you don't you can take AJ Brown, but like I think that's a half measure. I think you just fucking fade Tennessee. You have to, uh, yeah. Just pick I, it I, what's that? Just pick it. Well, I don't really care about the kickers. I don't even know who their kicker is. Like, I, ben, I'm ben take... we all collectively agree to soft and or hard fade Tennessee. Yes, you can now you. pick who you want. I'm going to take uh, Dalton Schultz. Okay. This is... Where... I'm not buying the, the Blake Jarwin crap. I talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show, but week 18, Jarwin you know, worked his way back. It's a game where you're playing against the Eagles B team and everyone is freaking out that Schultz routes dipped. Like, I think that was the most logical situation. Give Jarwin a few extra plays, give Schultz a few plays off. He's been a huge part of their offense. You're going from a game you didn't need to win to now win or go home situation, especially if they were to fall behind or anything, they're going to play. Like, I, I think the most likely outcome is Schultz routes bump back up, but people are scared off by that, that, that routes dip in week 18. I think they're over overweighting that, and I—I I mean, Schultz is like a, a part of this offense for sure. We're a year and a half removed from Blake Jarwin being a thing. We're back here again. Yeah, people are like legit scared off of of, of Schultz's routes dipping in a Week 18, a meaningless Week 18 game. They won 50 to 20 against the Eagles, not even playing anyone. It was yeah, a I'm preseason throwing out, game. I'm throwing out that whole game in the stats for the walk yeah. this week. I'm not, and I'm not. Schultz scored two touchdowns in that game. He still was the lead tight end. He still ran like 65% of the routes and scored twice. And people are like, yeah, but the routes weren't there. Like, come on, man. <laughs> um, all right. If we're playing Schultz, then instead of going, you know, the Earth route, I'm going to go with James Conner um, opposite wow. of Schultz Ooh. in this game. It's a different game. Uh, Sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I had in my head they were playing. Uh, <laughs> well, there. I am still playing James Potter. <laughs> um, Do you want right, Elijah? Pat. Oh, because because you really wanted Elijah Mitchell for the third. And I show. can't. I can't. <laughs> I need James Connor. I also don't want, I had to block Ertz from Pat. As well. <laughs> yes, Pat. Yes. Stefan Diggs, let's go. That's a really good pick. Are we three for three on Diggs? I think we're playing a lot. I'm of sure picks. we are. Yeah, of course we yeah. are. Yeah. Um, hey, 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 he just a conviction play. <laughs> like, I do feel like it's picking Buffalo to win, though. 
because that first game, if it is going to be that cold, tougher, you know, yeah. a massive. Yeah, I, game I was game. because we're you talked us into the Tennessee hard fade, so we're yeah. assuming that the Bengals play Tennessee, right? right? Yeah. So we need the yeah. Bills to win for that to happen. Uh, I think we're back to Hassan up top. Or yeah. Pat. Uh, oh yeah, you did digs. Did digs. So this one is. Uh, I'm just going to go with Aaron Jones, I think. Wow. That's some leverage. Holy shit. Some leverage. could say this this lineup is over leverage. Um, I mean, I mean this was a lot to, to be over leverage. He's going to have to pick Cooper Cup. Do it, Gretch. Do it. Play Watch when I take Cam Akers. Oh, no, 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 don't, don't do, do that. I didn't have a chance to ask you guys this, but, but Cam Akers looked bad right yeah yeah like he looked he looked like a man coming off an achilles tear too early right <laughs> pat, pat was yeah. talking i mean we we loved our pat got us on acres our acres playing a lot of lineups last year but we were talking about maybe this year again but watching week 18 i was like i don't know how we can put him in have you noticed lineup. that that pre-week 18 i was like we got to get one percent acres look at look at how he's moving and then i haven't I've not set heard heaps since. Yeah. <laughs> the, se- the second he got onto like an actual <laughs> nfl field like, where people were moving at like oh. normal speed it's like huh losing oh 18 yards of play is not good um okay i think actually technically it's to uh blair now i think it was who he had next um, well, we've already got too many running backs in this lineup. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Let's go. Let's go with Debo. How do we okay. undo a pick? Blair? No, <laughs> you could have taken Kittle. <laughs> we can't. I like, we... I like Debo with Schultz because part of the Schultz play yeah. is like Dallas could get beat and he's the guy in a one game scenario where they're, you know, they're trailing and he catches eight balls. Yeah, I actually did kind of want to take Acres, but you guys even are, are Hassan Galaxy braining this than me. He put I his nuts to... on the table with Aaron Jones, and Acres was right yeah. off the table. Yep. Um, Gretch, you want to play okay. the hits? Yeah. Well, no, I'm not. <laughs> There's a I comment refuse. that Debo's another running back. <laughs> <I refuse. laughs> what what games don't we have? We don't have so we have Najee. We don't have a Kansas City player. Yet. Yeah, no, we don't. Right. No, and we need. And one. we do kind of need. You them know the to play. Win. You know the play here. We need them to win. Yeah. Um, let me click it. Let me click. I mean, it. that's the play. But who? Else, what other games don't we have right now? Ben's um, doing the thing where he picks another one, and then he's going to pick. We don't have Tampa Bay. It's like when you Davis sneaks in a, sna- a stack on yeah. this whole cast. He's lineup. like, I think I think Tyree kills the logical play. I'm just gonna go pick Cooper Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I pick neither of them and lock you guys into both. No. What? Uh, what do we have? All the early? Oh, we don't have Tampa Philly. Right. Yeah. No, we don't. Oh fuck yeah! I get to I, pick that game. Do the rational thing. Mike Evans. Yeah, I, that's what yes. I was waiting for. There you go. Um, and I will do Tyreek Hill. What teams do we have left? The Rams. Rams. The Eagles. Eagles. Uh, New England. New England. The Rams, the Eagles, and Green Bay. No, we got the Titans, Green Bay. who are we're fading. Yeah, Titans. Yeah. Right. So then, so then, so then, my question here for you guys is. Um, do you want to treat Eagles as a hard fade or a soft fade? 
I mean, I don't think. Uh, oh, are we gonna? We're gonna well, Cooper Cup. We have to have Coop- Rams, yeah, no, Eagles, Titans, and fade the Rams. Patriots. Not play Adams and fade the. Rams. We have to play Cooper Cup. Guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, I mean, then they're a fit. Oh, the Raiders. They're missing the Raiders too. Yeah, oh, uh, that, was, that was that was the question because I was gonna say yeah. I was gonna my I was gonna put Cooper Cup in because then now it comes down to how we want to play uh, uh, kicker and uh, and defense. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, Cooper Cup has to go in. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, like he's he's the one guy I feel like you just can't not play. I don't know, it's so hard to not play him. Man. I don't I don't mind if you want to galbrain one of those fades in, but I, I I think you're punting money to fade Adams and Cup. Yeah, I mean it could it could work, but I don't think James Conner would be the Cardinals play because there's scenarios where Cardinals go through both teams, but I don't think that Conner is going to be the guy you want there. So yeah, you probably want um, Christian Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> Or Kyler. Or um, Kyler, so yeah. But, those, those, those are the two guys who you'd want. But it's still super thin. Uh, I mean, we should probably go Carlson, right? Because we're, we're betting on Burrow to be in as many shootouts as possible. Yep. And then we already yes, said we, so. It's Philly. Don't want to bet on a last-second Raiders win, though. Oh, that's a good uh, point. <laughs> do you want to go Philly or New England? Probably, probably I kind of like New England since we're fading Josh Allen. We're plenty leverage there. It's kind of chalky, but like it's yeah. fine to just eat the the cold weather game and hope that they get you know some yeah. stuff from that. There it is. Uh, so for those listening at home, Joe Burrow, QB, Najee Harris, James Conner, running back, Diggs, Debo, Aaron Jones, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, Dalton Schultz, Daniel Carlson, New England. Defense, a true gal brain after focusing on the Bumo Opto for uh, for the past hour. <laughs> so good, that team's winning it all. That, and I would also the say James, it's only James a one Conner tight end lineup. Is fun. Yep, it is. It is a really good pick. Yeah, James Connor, and uh, I thought Aaron Jones was a fun pick in there as well. He is. Yeah. He is. I was. Um, I was hoping we got, got we got, got Kittle, but you know, it's almost. I know. Almost I kind of like it better with Kittle too, because yeah, because Schultz, Schultz feels like. A little thin to be the, the tight one, end the needed. one tight end, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, one, one tight end lineup, yeah. and the only guy we got there is Dalton Schultz. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> Every Kelsey, Gronk, Kittle, and Waller. <laughs> All of them. And Ertz. And Ertz, yeah. Like every FFPC grinder is gonna be like, "What are you guys doing?" Yeah. Well, we're winning. I we're think winning we, we forgot that it was a uh, tight end premium. As a but we player. did, we did a pretty good job, I think, of leveraging off those. Like Tyreek yeah. over Kelsey. You, you like if you're gonna fade Kelsey, you're playing oh, it because yeah. Tyreek blew up. And same with Gronk Evans, right? It's Connor uh, it, Ertz. I mean, same thing. We have we have spots where like we're we're saying that their teammate scores all the TVs. Yeah, it's it's but it's almost like what I, what the thing that I'm doing is like I'm just saying that we should just have pivoted to pivot, and that's where you lose money, right? Like it almost makes like we're already so unique elsewhere that like eating those like eating that that chalk does nothing. Yeah. Um, this is I mean it's kind of like it's a palate cleanser. You can only talk about the boomer opto for so long before you just need to galaxy brain the shit out of a lineup and, and just feel so much better. I will say, like what I was just saying about the tight end thing, I took Schultz early. I I mean, you guys crushed the picks around Schultz. I think we built a really good Schultz lineup because I'm actually yeah. excited about Schultz, but it's kind of hard mm. to 
because there are so many tight ends. I think this is the way you build if you want to play Schultz. Like he is like a good tight end and, and the other tight ends kind of fail. Like that can happen, right? I'd rather have Kittle opposite Schultz because to the point like Kittle has such a high ceiling that the more games I'm getting out of San Francisco, I'd rather have Kittle. Because like if Kittle can have the 40 point tight end premium explosion. But they're gonna do it really. I don't. I'd almost flip it the other way, where if I'm getting more games, I want Debo because he's gonna consistently produce. Where one game I want to hit the spike George Kittle game. I guess I could see that too. But it's like you're kind of like on any given roll of the dice. It's like there's a lot of snake eyes for George Kittle, so it just feels more comfortable. Yeah, I'm betting one game. I just want to lock in Debo. But that's that's a a good point. But again, let's go back, Pat, to how we talk about how our team's winning in San Fran when they win, they're running right. But Debo mixes in as a runner right that's a point Sean right, made right. Me the other day so you actually get that benefit where like you know, you're getting production probably in the wins where kittle might have some down games in the win like you and know, well that's why he's the chalk right because if you want to play san francisco as a smash win you play eli mitchell if you want to pay them as like yeah. you know playing from way behind you play kittle or you just goldie locks it with debo hence right. why he's in the in the boomer opt up yeah yeah um this was fun it's a beautiful annual tradition to have you guys on uh and we had another uh successful year in our season-long leagues rolling it over into the playoffs very successful uh, year yeah um blair are you guys going to have any more content over at rotoviz on the contest this week uh yes i think that curtis is having an article publishing tomorrow um i'm also going to be talking with curtis and dave tomorrow on the flagship podcast i think that'll drop friday so yeah stay tuned for more more ffpc playoff challenge content from rotovis nice for sure and hassan what about you you heading back uh, to the cracker barrel sizzler uh, oh man the ponderosa <laughs> i think i think i think one of these has a chocolate fountain so i just got to get back there and get to it uh but i will i will actually say for those of you who are doing who are playing across platforms like underdog and DraftKings and their and their tournaments as well drafters uh michael dubner has a really good playoff basketball rankings article there uh that's very contrarian to a lot of the adps so if you're looking to find leverage i would strongly recommend going to road of checking his workout yeah um Definitely agree with that. I uh, I dropped that link in the Fantasy Life newsletter uh, today. Very good uh, article by Michael Dubner. We are, uh, speaking of Rotoviz, we're going to be back tomorrow night with Sean Siegel. Very excited for that. Ben and Sean have been potting a little bit about the contest I hear, and we're going to keep that conversation going uh, tomorrow. So looking forward to that. Pat and Gretch, anything else here before we uh, say goodnight? I just saw Hassan randomly during the show bash on Australian meat pies. I just want to say, like, <laughs> I went down to Atlanta uh, for my, my my husky, big husky guy. Went down for, I think it was the UW-Auburn opener. It was in Atlanta a couple of years ago, maybe three, four years ago. Good buddy of mine has a, a wife from Australia. We went to some meat pie place in Marietta, Georgia. It was like one of the best things I've ever had in my life. Yeah, and I've never been able to awesome. get it again since they're they're incredible. And Hassan's out here bashing meat pies for some reason. I mean, it's it's it's, it's what they eat for the street food. Like just imagine walking on the street, just like shoving a meat pie in your face. How decadent and depraved is that, man? That's like that's like I, I next wish level. I've been wanting since I still they're remember so going good. to this thing and wanting. I, I've been wanting to do that since then. <laughs> I've literally like, looked up this company in Marietta, Georgia. I might order some. Like I, they can ship them to you. Like yeah, it's, I can it's, have 
So I can do exactly what you're describing. I want to shove it, them in my face. It, it is good. And I'm actually kind of jealous that we don't have it here in the U.S. Like, that's what I'm most upset about. <laughs> we did. There was a place called Tuck Shop like, that was like yeah. around the corner from where I used to live. And oh, no they way. Had, yeah, they had uh, like a Guinness steak pot. It was like Guinness like broth somehow that they like boiled, you know, gets condensed. And then it was steak and mushroom. That was yeah. incredible. They had, uh, we used to get a couple pies, kale salad. It was like, we probably ordered from there like a hundred times and then it closed. But like, would you eat them on the street? Just sort of like a chicken and rice? Or... No, you, no. I mean, you, yes, that's what they do in Australia. It's like, a, it's like, a, it's like a street, it's like a street food there for them. What a, what a I guess, but like pad Thai street food in Thailand, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I know it's oh, good. It's good. It I'm just saying. Dogs thing? Is it a wazoo cougars or I, I don't know. I must be. I don't a... know. You'll explain yourself, Derek. I don't understand that. I love cats. <laughs> this feels reminiscent of Pat Ramble about Raman. Uh, it's a real shame Evan's comment about me rambling about Raman. I've never rambled about Raman. I've I've spoken yeah. passionately on the subject. Very, very distinctly. We all know you need the other egg. Like you need the extra egg. It's very. Which is right. See, people don't remember the points if you ramble. If you if you go on a diatribe, <laughs> they remember. All right, I'm on the tail end of my fourth stream today. And I need right. to shut this down. Um, I appreciate you guys. We'll be back, like I said, tomorrow, 9.15 p.m. Eastern. Also, uh, we're going to bust out the alcohol on Friday night for the 9.15 p.m. show with Leonie and Dink as we wrap up our wall-to-wall coverage of the FFPC playoff contest. Uh, love seeing you guys jump in, becoming YouTube members. Uh, if you have questions for getting that synced up, just let me know. Get you all squared away in the Discord, a very fun place to be for Hassan, for Blair, for Pat. For Ben, who loves cats, I'm Pete. We'll see you guys next time.